It basically means that you are, you are going to remain a prisoner up until the end of your life. However, the place in which you're going to be incarcerated or the place in which you're going to serve your sentence may be different when you've been provided parole. So the provision of parole simply says, yes, you are still a prisoner. It's just that you're not going to serve your sentence within the correctional services facility. However, you are still considered a person who was still considered or lived under those particular conditions that have been given up by the parole board. So when it comes to parole then, uh, when and how, you know, what are the conditions that are uh, taken into cognizance for someone to actually become eligible for parole? Now, that is governed by the Correctional Services Act, which for a lack of a better maybe explanation, it simply looks at the period in which you have served, which is one of the conditions. So if you've served one, uh, one sixth or one third of your, of your sentence, you are then eligible for parole. But what really happens is that we have what is called a case management committee. They take those with they are the investigation officers. So they would go along and collect information since day one, since they arrived, and check. Have you been attending any uh, workshops or, 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 or sessions inside prisons which have been able to change the way in which you look at life, change the way in which you think about uh, you, yourself and how this individual should, should be respected? So... They're basically saying, with, with your moral grounds and the way in which you behave yourself, do you understand the gravity of what you have done? Do you understand that you need to be initiated operation and understanding and to, to be sort of uh, sorry for what you have done? And also to understand it from the side of the victim. Hence why, after they've done this, they then provide a certain little information to the parole board and then to so the parole board, Go on and with your investigations, and you can then start something which is called the victim offender dialogue, where the victim and the offender will be in one room, be able to speak and discuss this particular matter, and be able to express what they feel inside, which is exactly what is happening today with Mr. Oscar Pretoria. Now, the most important part of this is that it helps or it does assist if the offender is going to speak from the side of, of, of telling the truth, which is what anyone would want. Tell me the truth as to what happened on that particular night. What was your motive? Have you learned something? Maybe I can forgive you, but I'm not obliged to forgive you if, if I can feel that I cannot forgive a person who took away the life of my loved one. So if we look at what happened this week, uh, two very high-profile cases where uh, parole has come up, and that would be the Lee Matthews uh, murder case and, of course, today, uh, Oscar Pastorius. And in both instances, uh, both uh, Lee Matthews' parents and also Barry and June Steenkamp, the parents of Riva, um, they've indicated that they oppose bail uh, for Mm. the accused. So... How much of that, uh, you know, is a factor when the determination is made as to whether someone ought to be granted parole or not? It, it is a factor, but not that factor that would say then you're not going to be released on parole, which is what I think on a personal level is what is flawed with this particular act and the way in which our courts have interpreted the, the, the element of parole. I personally feel that if a person has been sentenced to 25 years imprisonment, that's the amount of sentence which they should spend. And that legitimate expectation that I have as the person who has been uh, victimized or the person that has suffered. But our courts have looked at it from the side of the offender and said that from an offender's side, it's the legitimate expectation that parole will be granted. And if the, all the other provisions, which the checkbox or checkbox exercise have been complied with, you basically have no choice to the parole board than to grant it. Now, what is the checkbox 
exercise in which they would go through. They would say the committee has collected information. I've attended all the courses which are inside prison. I've attended the victims of Renner's dialogue, and I was able to express uh, the, the, the contents, whether they are truthful or not, believable or not, and whether they think they are enough in terms of preparation or finding any um, solace or finding any uh, uh, closure as to what exactly happened on that day. That's not really looked at, which is a big flaw when it comes to the Crucial Services Act and the manner in which the parole board is supposed to be supposed to happen, which is why we're forever going to find the families of the victims going to court and saying, but why are you releasing this particular individual because we haven't healed, they haven't spoken the truth, and yes, the courts will then come back and say, no, this person has to be released because on the tip of exercise of technical basis in the assessment of parole, they basically pass the test. I think it's something that we should look at, especially from the legislature side, to then say, go, go back to the true intention of why you are sending someone to a correctional facility or prison, and then say, you are going to serve your sentence, or if you want to provide the element of parole, it must not be a legitimate expectation from the side of the offender. The expectation must be you are going to serve your sentence up until the end. You are basically doing your favor, or you are setting exceptional conditions that have sufficed within your personal circumstances that warrant you to be released, and not the type of process that you are having now. So looking at today's proceedings with Oscar Pistorius, uh, what are your expectations? Um, I think it's not going to be the only one which is going, is going to sit. I think the gravity and the manner in which it has been handled, there may be a second session that may be required, especially because you are dealing with individuals that come from uh, two different um, starting points. Or oh, what may happen is during the session where there's a verbal communication, Mr. Oscar Pitoras may then come back and say, let me tell you the truth as to what happened on the fateful night. I don't believe his version. Um, I, I, I know that it, it is not my duty to say so. However, it does not seem comprehensible. But you may come back and say, this is what happened on the day. It was a pure mistake. It was not my intention to kill your daughter. But this is the manner in which things went about. Can you find it in your heart to forgive me? And if that particular forgiveness is found within the, the, the parents of, of, of Ms. Rivers, then, then the parole board can come back and say, on a technical basis or on the type of assessment in the dialogue that has taken place, we do feel that you are indeed ready uh, for parole if, of course, you've attended all the courses that were inside prison, the way in which you are behaving on a day-to-day basis since that you're incarcerated. Uh, as long as someone who clearly understands that they, they've done something wrong, they've learned their lesson, and they can go out and be a vessel of change when they are outside and be a brand ambassador of how not to behave and how not to learn in prison, especially when it comes to instances where it's, it's from a, a, a relationship-based type, type of crime. But it must also be looked at within the, the time in which we are in, and I hope this is one of the points that we raise when it comes to gender-based violence. You have a scourge of it which is currently taking place in our country. And if you are not going to provide a strong uh, deterrence to those that are still thinking about it or, or doing it at the moment, then what type of society, what, what is the message that you are sending out to society? So when the parole board considers all these things, it must not look at the personal or the, or, or the circumstances of the case only. I think also us members of the public have got to be considered. And then you come back and say, what is in the best interest of South Africans? What is the best interest of the, of the offender in this case? Also, what is in the best interest of the ones that have lost their loved ones?
Pumelelo Zikalala, thank you so much uh, for that explanation. A legal expert there, Pumelelo Zikalala, uh, just uh, talking us through, you know, um, the uh, parole uh, proceedings. And as you heard him say there, uh, doesn't think it will uh, be uh, granted on just this one sitting, if at all. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to a kind of gauge after the fact because of course we're not allowed in um, what actually was said what happened and uh, to see whether there has been a change of heart either way and uh, if Oscar Pistorius will be granted parole.